This week on How To Be 60, prepare to see a very different side to Mr. Jonathan Ross. When I was young, you go out and even if you didn't have a good time, it didn't matter. Whereas now, because I know I've got a comfortable bed waiting for me, I'm not going to lie, I'm with a lovely puppy and my wife, and we have countless box sets to get through, and at the end of the evening, we can do Wordle and Daily Hurdle <laughs> and Dordle and Quordle and Octodle, and, you know... Do, I didn't hear like the word lusty in there, Jonathan. I didn't hear the word lusty. Well, if you if we both complete Sedoral, uh, the 16 word at once, <laughs> and often we are both in the mood because we're feeling quite <laughs> full of ourselves. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Episode 7. This podcast is already six weeks older than I ever thought it would get to. Doesn't time fly when you're enjoying yourself? This is Kay Adams on a journey to discover how to be 60. And making sure I don't enjoy myself too much is the filter-free Karen McKenzie. How are you? Uh, well, actually, I was going to say fine. However, oh, I've just noticed, <laughs> uh, just before we go on, that you have a coffee, which I've just felt, and it's, it's quite full. Fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely, and then I nice realised that you'd bought our engineer a coffee. So, yes, our young male engineer. So, yes, who the hell's mine? Well, I just thought for your pacemaker, you've probably already had a coffee today, so you don't really want too much caffeine, love, do you? I think that's at your age, pretty shit, actually. <laughs> well, this is a lovely way to start the podcast, isn't it? And uh, to carry on in the same spirit. To be honest, I'm sick of the sight of you today. Well, um, because let's be honest to people, we've already done a little slot on the radio earlier on uh, on my show on BBC Radio Scotland, and you know. Small doses is what I would say, Karen. I mean, you know, you're very amusing. <laughs> Small doses, to yes. a point, but you know, it just gets a I little bit. Wish much. I could say the same if you, Kay. Yeah, well, you can if you like. Um, actually, I'll have to share with everyone what you were saying today is that you would not want your partner to grow their hair, or certainly not have a ponytail, because it would put you off uh, conjugal relations. What I said was grey, thinning, <laughs> greasy hair. No, you didn't. Yes, You're I just did. adding it on now to make everyone feel sympathetic no, to you. No, no, that is so not true. You're choosing your words. We talked I can see about uh, this. This person, the the conundrum was about somebody who had grown their hair for three years, right? So we're talking hadn't been near a hairdresser. So at this point, it's long, it's wispy, it's not even even, it's tailing off at the back, it's in a point, probably in a ponytail, probably balding on top. You know, get your flaming air guitar out, mate. It's so unsexy. Get a grip, grow up. You're not exactly Sophia Loren, love. I mean, you know, you get to a stage that can you really be that choosy? You're Listen, a hair fascist. That I'm, is what you are. You're a hair fascist. I think I'm happy on my own, actually. I think you should be on your own. Yeah, yeah you should. Well, might come to that. Well, I'd love to know what Jonathan Ross is going to make of that because, yes... Episode seven, Karen, and we are pulling in the big guests. I yeah. Know. He's yeah. got luscious hair though, hasn't he? he it's does. kind of floppy it's just crowning and crowning glory it is. And, and it's not thin and streaky and grey either. No, it's quite like yours actually. But he hasn't let it go on grey like you have. I but wonder, similar I style. If he dyes it. Well, we can ask him that. Mm -hmm. But I can see not only have you put on lipstick, you have also mm -hmm. put on mascara. Which yeah. is a bit sad, if you don't mind me saying. You wear mascara, you wear false eyelashes yes, yeah, I know, for five days in a row. Yeah, but Because you're do, too tight yeah, to take them off and get yes, your Yes, but I do that routinely. 
I have known you for how long and I have never seen you with Lippy <laughs> and mascara and oh by coincidence Jonathan Ross happens to be here I mean what is going on I think I'm a bit sweaty as well oh, Jesus he's really going to be excited <laughs> by that isn't he do you know what I'm just it's thinking clammy in here you have got so much to be grateful to me for because there you are leading your quiet little retired life Happy. going off in your camper van and mm. I am introducing you to the cream of British television Christ I know I actually can't believe this did you do your big um, bike ride, by the way? I didn't. What, you washed out? I did. Well, what's happened? <laughs> do you know what? I thought, I'm going to be kind to myself. So I was going to be doing this 66-mile bike ride down Loch Ness one side, back up the other side with this hellish mountain at the bottom called King of the Mountain. I have done it before. I did it in 2019. When you were younger. When I was younger and fitter and as the weeks were getting nearer I was panicking and panicking and thinking shit I need to get on this bike and I just wasn't doing it and then I spoke to Stephen about it and he said well you know what and I thought I just do not actually I do not want to be the last one that's picked up by the sweeper van you know what they do they, oh, oh do they uh, yeah oh god and if you, ignominy this, this happened to me I did one before it was called the Cairngorm Challenge mm. it was 100 miles and I was standing at Granton at this place uh, near Aviemore called Granton in Spey, and uh, I turned around and I said hello are you oh you're not and he was the bloke from the sweeper uh, and I said oh Christ just have another cup of coffee I'm on now I took my cake and off I went and I finished that so do you know what I was being kind to myself and thought Fake yeah. it. I'm, I'm not going to do I'm not going to give myself a hard time about it. Do you think this is the beginning of the end, though? No, because I keep saying 66. The You're bingo. not 66. No, it was 66 miles long. I think oh, I've just oh, been on a walk Jesus. last week, but I can't remember. But I think that was 66. I mean, I don't mean I think I was on a walk. I was on a walk last week. <laughs> and that was, I think, 66 miles as well. So you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm still out there. I know you don't want to be the grey haired old lady who's kind of swept up by the guy coming up at the end, do you? That, I know. That's not With really pockets good. full of cakes. And what did Stephen say? Did he, was... he sweep back his long ponytail and say, <laughs> don't worry, darling? God almighty. <laughs> he said, Karen, anything for you. I think he was relieved. Did he? Yeah. How did you get on the pair of you? We, oh, uh, uh, the, uh, in the camper van? Yeah. Well, we had my friend Deirdre. She was there as well, so she kept... A menage a trois in a camper van. <laughs> no, we put up an awning and she was in the awning. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, actually. We got on. As you would say, we rubbed along quite well together. Well, I don't want to talk about... Talking of rubbing along, um, last week when Jane Moore was on and on our big six old bingo... Um, We're just all going to talk about past guests. I want to get into her. Well, do, Jonathan's there. Jonathan's there. He's, he's enjoying your chat. Well, he's not. He's having a little sleep. Never mind. Once we wake him up, he'll be absolutely fine. But one of the questions was, in our big six old bingo, mm. are you lusty? <laughs> now I have to say I was more honest than you and Jane which is quite unusual because I usually play my cards quite close to my chest you were both dancing around it <laughs> well you know you know, it's all that twittery it's stuff like going back did. to being a teenager again yeah, yeah but I interviewed this woman this week called Dr Pam Spur and mm -hmm. she really made me think about this because she's um, you know she's a sex expert whatever the hell that is you know um, but she's done a lot of studies into sex and older people and what she was saying was, sex can get better as you get older. If you work at it. No, no, but what she was saying is it's different. 
Right. And unfortunately, what we do is we always associate good sex mm. with the kind of sex that young people have. So, I mean, yes. if you look at the movies, yes. it's always young, hot people yeah, having yeah, sex. Yeah. I mean, and even in terms of our sort of common language, you know, say, oh, you know, you talk about older people having sex and people involuntarily mm. go, bleh. <laughs> Don't they? I yes. mean, it's just like that. Well, certainly gag. your kids do if, if they hear yeah. you talking about sex. Yeah. That is what we need to change. We need to see positive representations of older people having sex, which is why I put you up for a porn movie. <laughs> 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 and I think you should, you know, accept it because I think you'd be doing a great service. They do say, Kay, and I point this people. at you, if you don't use it, you lose it, lady. <laughs> no, but anyway, there was a serious point in there. Right. Do you get my serious point? I've kind of like forgotten a sort of... Oh, have you? Yeah. What I'm saying is sex can be good or better as you get older. You but don't we need to be telling me that. No, but I'm saying we have to allow ourselves, open ourselves up to the possibility or the the reality that it is different. It's not all about penetration. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm just picking up my water bottle now. Um, well, yeah, I think maybe I am saying that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's because when you are young, it's kind of like straight to it, isn't it? Some people okay, think. Well, it is. It is yeah. when you're kind of like young and you're all lusty and all this. That's what it is. And then as you get older, it's. Not the be-all and end-all. So how long does it take you to work up to it? Right, I think, is it not time to introduce our next it, guest? Well, maybe, let's have some ears. But I am going to ask this lady, Dr. Pam, woman. Right. Shouldn't use the word lady boiling, anymore. actually. No, I know. Oh, I know, he's coming, he's coming. No, um, Dr. Pam Spur, I'm going to invite her onto the podcast. She was really interesting, honestly, really... I she, would love that. Yeah, qualified woman, um, and I thought she was absolutely fantastic. But can so I just say that when you do invite her on... I will. Don't be posing all the questions... To her about me, it's got to be about. Don't forget, Kay, this is your podcast. These things have got to be about you. So the questions will be all related to possibly your sex life. Okay, all right, we'll look forward to that. I don't think Pam's available. That's really, really upsetting. <laughs> uh, we've got some emails. Have we now? They are flooding More. in. Yes, uh, That's Wendy. Quite a long one. To, it is. Wendy is listening to the podcast, lying in the sunshine in Gran Canaria, and she is lolling. Which is uh, yeah, is that lolling around in a sunbed? You're now getting a young hunky male Nathan to open your water bottle. You're getting very grand. Um, Sweet. She's lolling at uh, the comment about middle-aged women cold water swimming. I stand by that 100%. She says, "I've recently just bought a wee suit and I love a wee paddle on the loch. Keep up the good work," she says. So, uh, Wendy, I love the idea of somebody listening from further afield, which is so old-fashioned, doesn't it? Because everyone's only on the end of an email these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could be in Tonga, mm -hmm. but I think it's back to the days that you used to put, you know, uh, a little message in a bottle and they said, somebody in Norway has discovered the bottle. Do you remember that? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that's good. And but another one, another one. Uh, and this is from Debbie Murphy. I like this one. It's a bit longer. Um, she says she's really enjoying the, the podca podcast. We late baby boomers need this. I believe our generation are the first to feel and sometimes look much younger than our years. She's obviously talking about me there. And consequently, <laughs> <laughs> struggle to become older. I think that's a really good observation, Debbie. St struggle to become older. Well, but this generation, I yeah. think, is betwixt and between. Mm -hmm. um, so she works part time in a job which I have to say I only do for the money. It's not that kind of job. Um, <laughs> I'd love my job to be a sort of passion, but I've not given up hope that that's still out there. And I think that's quite poignant, wow. isn't it? 
Yeah. Because someone said to me earlier, well, no, it was actually some, some other interview I was doing, somebody described, it was actually mountain climbing, as their passion. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I don't think I've got a passion. I don't think you have either. Have you got a passion? I've got lots of passions, but you slag them off every week. So this is you not. You can't about... call walking the dog a passion, Karen. My gardening is a passion. It's not a passion. Going away in my camper van is a passion. No, I don't. I don't think you know. I don't think you understand the meaning of the word passion. To be honest, it's got to be more than that, isn't it? Well, I don't know how you can squeeze any more into my life. Yeah, well, I don't know. Is it well? Would you like to? Squeeze Jonathan Ross into your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Talking of passion. Oh, the segue there was fantastic. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, Kay, and hello, Karen. Lovely to meet you. Oh, so lovely to meet you. You wanted to be introduced to Karen before. But um, what, I did, what do you but, but then I friend? eavesdropped on the conversation, and I was I was sitting here quite frustrated as she was struggling to open that bottle. I was thinking, <laughs> if only I was there, I could reach in and assist. But fortunately, the, a hand came in off camera and did it. But that was quite a struggle you had, and that's your own bottle from the look of things. So it is, and it's. Do you know there's a lot of these? What do you call these type of bottles? Just bottles? No, they're not. They've got a well, certain... reusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the inner top bit is it's. Oh, no, it's not. So there's something not working on it because it it's faulty, yeah, basically. It. It's faulty. Blame the bottle. Blame yeah, the bottle. well, exactly. Yeah. Blame the tools. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's always confessed that she's not very good at technology, Jonathan, but I think not being able to open a bottle is is a pretty low yeah. bar, isn't it? Don't you think? It's very, very early technology, the screw top bottle. <laughs> yes. Do you know what? Actually, I have, when I was up, my, my, both my mum and dad um, have gone, but um, when I would go up to their house in, in Aviemore, I rake through things that are still there. And one of the things was one of those clamps you get to open jars. I've started using it. This oh, is yeah. what it's come to. This is what yeah. it's come to. And sometimes it just it's, doesn't work. You hammer it with a you hammer it with a spoon, you put it under the hot water tap, and then finally you use this big blinking clampy thing. Anyway, I haven't yeah. got it today with my bottle. So thanks Nathan for opening my bottle. I yeah. bought something for an elderly relative, which I don't need yet, but it's that sort of thing. When you get to the age where you think the kind of things that I was buying for old people in my life years ago are now beginning to look attractive to I mean, it's like reading glasses. I have reading glasses seeded all over the house everywhere I go because I forget them. And Jane and I, we cannot read, not just even like pill containers, but even the instructions on anything anymore, unless we've got something that can magnify it. So it is that thing where you just have to gradually accept that you aren't running with the youngsters any longer. I think that makes life quite exciting, though, because I can't read the small print on <laughs> bottles either. And you think, hey. <laughs> but you've got alcohol. You just drink it anyway. <laughs> just go for it. Well, it goes so, back to what you were saying about Karen's partner with his lanky, greasy hair. Um, oh, hang on a minute. Can I just you know, say, this isn't my current partner. It is well, this is a okay. scenario at work. The guy you're making moves on. Okay. So this guy, uh, ultimately, <laughs> as your eyesight increases to get worse, there will come a stage where you can't even see it clearly anymore and hopefully it'll all be fine. So you've just got to play the long game. Oh, God, you just feel it out of your hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. I know. But actually, you probably don't recognise everything because it's all kind of slumped into the one sort of mass. I mean, so you probably yeah. don't know what bit Do you, is what Is that bit? your chest or your big belly? Yeah, you don't know it's what like it is anymore. you're describing of a big... A big greasy pudding. Blum. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, so how do you feel about age then, Jonathan? I mean, I started this podcast because I have a real problem with age. I've lied about my age for years, though. I'm, I'm out now. Um, and 60 is a big kind of milestone. Still a bit away, but I'm finding it difficult. You're just a little bit past it. I think you're similar to Karen, aren't you? 
I'm sixty. I'm sixty-one. I'll be I'll be sixty-two in November. All right. How do you feel about it? Well, okay. For a start, I think it's. I'm not just saying this. I'm aware that it is somewhat easier for men growing older because we aren't. We were never judged in the same way. We were never judged. You know, I mean, men were never judged quite as much on their appearance or in their usefulness to create children. You know, we can keep on going perhaps unwisely for longer than women more often than not in that respect. So I think in many ways, it wasn't something that had ever been on my radar. I hadn't thought about it much. And, uh, and you know, and I do know my female friends who are this age or the same age or a little bit younger, I'm aware I can see with them how it kind of lands heavier on them, that period from 50 to 60 and then onwards. But, but of course it is something that we are all aware of. And, and it's not something that I'm particularly thrilled about, but of course there's nothing we can do about it. I do find that going back to what you were saying about sex and passion, which is like, you know, not comparing yourself or, or the things that you do and the way you do them now with how you used to. And because, cause that is, that is almost inevitably a losing game in every area of your life. You know, there's no point looking at yourself and saying, Oh, I, I used to look so much better in these trousers. Or I used to really enjoy going to these places because of course, you know, it, it actually would be odd and strange if you were still doing all the same things that you did before in the same way. I mean, I think that would show that you hadn't changed and learned from life and you weren't sort of enjoying the journey in the way that you can. So I try and embrace the changes as much as possible. And I'm very lucky that, you know, as you mentioned, I still do have my hair and no cow and I don't dye it. Although it's, it's, I kind of wish I did because it's so irritating because everyone assumes that I do and assumes that I'm lying about it. It's a very old, unless I really couldn't care less. I mean, I've got a few bits of gray, these bits here, but, but, you know, and it will go grey eventually. And if it goes a nice grey, I think I'll welcome it. But there are different shades of grey. You know, there are like some greys that I like, and some greys you look at and think, "Oh, that looks like looks like someone's peed on your head." You know, so I don't <laughs> want to go in that direction. Right. But um, <laughs> but so I, I don't. But to be to be quite frank with you, I try not to to waste my energy thinking about it. You know, I really do. I try I try very much to live in the moment. And it's like, okay, if I want to do something, I can still do it. And, and and you know me well. If you've met me a few times, Kay, you know I yeah. dress the way I want. I never care how people think about the way I dress. If I want to dress something which people consider to be too young for me or strange in some way, I'll wear it anyway if I want to wear it. And I'll do the things I want to do. So I'll go places that might otherwise be considered, you know, like a young person's terrain. Like I'll go and see a gig if I want to say it's a gig if it's a young person and not worry about the fact that I am clearly the oldest person in the room. So I just try not to, I try not to let it be an issue for me because that's mm. really all that matters is kind of what's going on inside your head um, rather than, uh, and I know a lot of people are very acutely aware of how they're perceived or sometimes they imagine a concept yeah. of how they're perceived and, and what's going on. And so I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not competing with young people for anything uh, and I'm lucky enough that I'm still employed. So, so Frank, you know, the truth is the short answer is it isn't a big issue for me mm. apart from the fact that I do feel a little sad that, that joy of youth and that kind of, um, and this is more to do with where you are with your life anyway, but that kind of, uh, uh, what's the not word I'm looking for is when you do something on the spur of the moment, I can't think of it, but, but that kind of, yeah, the spontaneity of life has largely disappeared because of course you have responsibilities, you know, you have, you have property, you have to look after, you have pets in your life, but I also have kids and one of my kids is not very well. So we have her back home. So we're looking after her. So those kind of things that of course you never have when you're a young person first starting out, you know, mm. or, or few of us do. Some people do. If you've always been a carer for someone, then of course you've had that. But the majority of us don't have that. So that spontaneity in life and that feeling about where am I going to go tonight? Uh, because there aren't that many places either that I want to go. 
and I miss that was when you're young the world seemed to be and once again I think the world's changed you know the pandemic changed everything but I think just generally the way uh, I've always I was born in London I've always lived in London London has so much to offer and it was like where do I want to go tonight it, and it kind of didn't matter you know I'd go out and I'd find somewhere but now of course as I'm an older person I don't just go out and mm-hmm. fall into some place because I've got a relationship that's gone on for 30 years. I've got children, I've got things to do the next day. So, so I miss the spontaneity yeah. of youth, but that's more to do with the responsibilities I've acquired rather than physical age. Is there also a bit of, well, I've been there, I've done that. There's not much new to discover. I mean, I don't know whether I feel that way because I think there is stuff to discover, but I think your appetite to discover it is less marked. And also you're out of step somewhat. Like I went to see Stormzy live last week um, because he invited me. And, and you know, it was a really great gig. It was a really great night out, but it wasn't the same for me because the music isn't quite for me. It's for a different generation. It doesn't have the same sound that I look for in music. But also, all those guys, when they get big, they all play these huge events now. And I never used to like going to those big places, and I still don't. I used to like going to find a new band in a tiny little venue that was mm. great. And so I don't go to those places. They are probably out there, and I could probably go to them but I'm sort of out of touch with where they are and what the protocol is and perhaps just don't have the level of enthusiasm necessary. But once again, when you're young, you know, going out for an evening and feeling like I've sort of wasted an evening is a bigger deal to me now than when I was young. When I was young, you go out and even if you didn't have a good time, it didn't matter. Whereas now, because I know I've got a comfortable bed waiting for me, I'm not going to lie on with a lovely puppy and my wife and we have countless box sets to get through and at the end of the evening we can do Wordle and daily hurdle <laughs> and dawdle and quaddle and octodle and you know do, I didn't hear like, the word lusty in there Jonathan I didn't hear the word lusty well well, if you if we both complete uh, Sedodal, the 16 word at once, and often we are both in the mood because we're feeling quite full of ourselves. <laughs> Do you know how you were saying there about life gets complicated um, and you have all these responsibilities, etc.? I think I was saying that to you, Karen, mm. just a couple of weeks ago. I just had one of those weeks, Jonathan. It was just, you know, everything was a hassle. We just, you know, conversations, emails, contracts, just shit, basically. Um, and then we spoke to a woman called Siobhan who had, at the age of 58 or whatever, given up her job, sold her house, bought a camper van. Uh, really lovely woman, interesting woman. And she just, for the last two years, has been leading a very simple life in her camper van, going wherever she wanted, whenever she wanted, speaking to whoever she wanted. She'd got rid of the material mm-hmm. um, possessions, etc. And she was so happy. Do you ever yearn for a simpler life? I do, but my I'm such a peculiar person in that I, I mean, there are various numbers of barriers that I put in my own way for that kind of thing. However, I don't think that would make me happy, particularly, you see. I think I know my, my, myself well enough to know that. But I do have the ability, I'm very, very good at compartmentalizing things. And so when I do find those things bothering me, I, I, I'm very good at sort of stopping myself, checking my thoughts and stepping away from it and focusing at the time in the moment on what does bring me joy or what can be achieved and what is sort of attainable and therefore kind of like, you know, will sort of nourish me in some way. So I'm pretty good at that. I mean, at the moment I'm sitting in my office, which is, I'm very lucky I've got an office here in town that no one works in. I've got another one where I have my team working. This place now I've made just me and it's just full of a lifetime of collecting crap. Okay. (laughs) And it's somewhat depressing. It's like you're sitting in an outward manifestation of your own mental illnesses. Okay. (laughs) Like uh, there's, you know, and, and, but I kind of love it. And I can't, and it, and it also does depress me at the same time, because I am aware that this is just more junk I'm carrying through life. So there will come a time 
very soon when I will dispose of it all. And I know that's attainable. And so on those moments where I do feel, oh, why have I done this to myself? Why have I got all this around me as well as everything else? But I know, well, hold on, I could make four phone calls and maybe sell it at a loss, but I could get rid of it. And then what would I do? You know, mm-hmm. oh, well, maybe I do enjoy this. I'll get this out and focus on it. I, I, this is why I enjoy this. So I find the joy back in it again. And I don't allow it when I'm not, when I'm not using it in that way for some sort of kind of like, you know, a stimulation or pleasure or just enjoyment to be around it, I don't let it drag me down. And I'll find that at home as well. You know, I'll say to Jane, Jane, Jane carries these things sometimes heavier than me. And I will sometimes find myself talking to her and saying, look, okay, fo- focus on, you know, our dad's, he's lived with the moment and he's had a lot of health issues recently. And, and some of them are, you know, inevitable. And some of them are in his head, you know, cause he's an older person. And when he gets ill now, there's massive anxiety as well, because essentially I know it is, He's fearing death. He's very fearful that each time he goes in the hospital, this could be the last time, which of course we can all understand and sympathize with. But he goes back and forth like a yo-yo at the moment. I mean, literally he stubs his toe. He wants to call the ambulance. So we have to sort of manage his anxieties. And I then have to also manage Jane's anxieties and the the uh, intrusion that is in Jane's life when she has to drop work and go and pick him up and take him and sit in the world free for six hours and then come home because he did manage to pee after all. You know, so there there are things that are going on and sometimes you just have to remind yourself, well, hold on, these are things which are kind of tedious and kind of draining, but at the same time, the alternative, if he was dead, is far grimmer. You know, yeah. and so it's like, well, try and, try and enjoy that time with him, even though it's a nuisance, and try and enjoy the fact that you've got this other person in your life that you're struggling with and try and enjoy the fact that, okay, sure, several things have broken in the house and it's a nuisance. Nothing ever seems to be working right when you need it. But actually the other things are all working right. So, and being honest with myself and looking at the things that I've got and thinking about, if I wanted to change, I could change, you know, and that's there for all of us really. It's, you know, if you are really finding it, it goes at the point where things are too much for you. And we're all lucky. I assume you as well. I know less about you, Karen, but Kay, you know, you, I'm assuming you own your own house. You've got property. You know, so mm. you don't have the burden that some older people have, even, you know, if you're living in rented accommodation and all the prices are going up now, imagine how grim that would feel. And maybe you're looking after an elderly relative as well. We're somewhat insulated from the real kind of like the, 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 the really gruesome facts of life, that fear mm. that sometimes people have that they're not even going to live comfortably for much longer without it being a massive strain. And so I, I focus once again on the positive aspects. Okay, yeah. Uh, for me to sit around whinging that I don't feel free is is sort of a massive, um, mm. uh, just a very silly waste of time mm. because freedom is there for those of us who actually achieved a certain amount of material comfort and success if we want it. And uh, you know what? If you really want to try that life, hire a van for three months, give it a go, and then when you come back, if you really fancied it, that's when you sell your stuff. The thing is, Siobhan wasn't happy with her work. And her life, I mean, she's gone through a difficult part in her life, is a time in her life as well. And and that's why she decided to give up. You sound like you're happy in your work. You know, it still gives you a lot of joy. Kate, you actually said this week that you felt sick because you were just so busy. I mean, what kind of life is that? It well, just sounds horrific. Well, you know, sometimes you feel that you're driving your own bus and sometimes you feel that you're sitting up the back and it's going off on a journey you don't want. And I suppose it's like Jonathan was saying, life becomes complicated. It's not just work. It's, it's not just work, right. No, no, you know, it's your kids because you want to be there for them. And I know, Jonathan, you've got that, that situation uh, as well. Um, and just all of these things were piling into my life that had to be dealt with and I hadn't invited any of them. Mm. And I don't always, you sound, Jonathan, a lot better at repelling these things that you haven't invited in. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. You've got to, you've got to, yeah, I think you have to sort of like, um, you have to 
put things in their place somewhat. I mean, like this morning, you know, I, I when I'm not full on working, which sometimes I am, I'm just about to enter a very busy period again where I'm doing a show and I'm in the studio a lot of days and the other days I'm doing other commitments and you have favours and things you do for people. But for example, this morning I had nothing on and I was looking forward to having nothing to do all morning until we did this. And this isn't work, of course, this is fun, but, but I had... Uh, I'd offered my son and his girlfriend that I would replace their broken washing machine with a new washer dryer. And I said to him, choose the one you want. I'll buy it for you. I'll get it installed. It's not a problem. It's my gift to you. I, you know, I can afford it and it's going to be a strain on you guys. And it's lovely to have it. So they chose it and they found it. And I asked them to measure thoroughly and make sure. And then they said, well, we've got two. We've got a washer and dryer. Well, they take both away. So I spoke to deliveries and said, can you take both away? So today's the morning of the delivery. So they delivered it and I got the phone call. First of all, I got a phone call from the people delivering it. We're half an hour away. I said, great, I'll pass it on. So I passed it on. They went, we're, we're running a bit late. I said, great, I'll pass it on. And then initially I couldn't get through to my son. So it was kind of like all that sort of stuff I was dealing with. Then when it came and then my son called me and said, it doesn't fit. And I went, okay. He said, well, it doesn't fit. because and, and I'm thinking, how can it not fucking fit? I, I said to you, just, just measure the size. So this is a pretty, I don't know what to, to do. do. I said, I said, well, look, it's, you've got two options you can have right now. Is one is you can send it away. Or two is we can work out a way to make it fit. So it's up to you. He said, well, I'm, I, I'm not sure what I do. It's really annoying. I don't know. I said, well, it's, I, I'm not there, but it's up to you. I'll help you with whichever one you want. So if you want to send it back, I can arrange that. While they're still there, don't let them go yet. They can maybe take it now. Or if you want me, I can get someone to come and have a look at the cupboard and see if we can change the shape of the cupboard to make it fit. And, I, and then, so he decided he wanted to keep it and keep the cupboard changed so it's plumbed in. So then I make a phone call to a guy I know who does a bit of woodwork and another. He wasn't available. And then I realized that's my whole morning gone. My whole morning oh, this morning mm -hmm. was sent arranging something which, as young adults, they should have been able to do themselves. And probably, but then I remind myself, one of the reasons why they can't do it themselves is because I have always stepped in. So in mm. a way, I have created that situation for myself, and I have to accept that responsibility. But ultimately, it's not deal. Ultimately, it was minor frustrating. It was like, I just wanted to, I was going to say, I'm working on a model kit here about something. So I was just going to have a little bit of time, which is sort of mindfulness. I was, I'm customizing one toy to make it fit another toy and I've resprayed it and I had some sticks on it and that's what's going to be my job this morning. I didn't get it done, but my ghost rider motorcycle can wait. That's fine because I helped my son get his washing machine in and now it's going to happen. So you, you kind of do get frustrated by those things, I think. And I can see why, but I think... But you're tempted to, you to say, sod off and do it yourself. You can do that. That's always an option. At the times I've done that to him, I've said, you know what, I think you should just tell me how you're going to deal with this. If you do need help, I'll step in. But ultimately, but then then you do think, well, I don't mind doing it. No, I don't mind doing yes. it. And I have got Lovely. the experience of doing it. You know, and we're older people. We've been through that situation. I don't know how many times you've changed your washing and dry machine in your life, but it's probably two or three times. This is probably their first ride on that particular rodeo. And it's like, it's an irritating thing. It's, it's, I mean, it's rare enough he goes out looking presentable anyway. I don't want him to have the excuse of a broken washing machine as well. <laughs> I wonder if there's also something in there, and I have experienced this with my dad, who is a wonderful man, but you always want, you want to be the main, not the main man, I'm not, you know, like aiming this at you and Jonathan, but you still want to be relevant. Mm. You don't want to be the generation that's kind of being pushed aside. Do you understand what I'm you saying? Don't, we're holding you don't on to, be to that useless. prime position. It's it's as much to do with wanting to feel like you still have something to offer. Perhaps it's like feeling useful. It's feeling involved. I mean, I struggle somewhat. I'm kind of like um, I struggle with connecting with people over and above it being in a very transactional way. So for me, this kind of a um, situation is a good way 
of being part of their lives in a way which I'm comfortable with, but they know I'm there for them as well. Um, whereas I'm not very good at just being there with people and sitting in the room and enjoying their company. I feel like I need to do something either to earn my place there or to justify my position there. So it, in many ways, it's perhaps, uh, you know, maybe they're reaching out to me is because they perhaps subconsciously realize this is a way that dad can be part of our lives in a way that, you know, their mum can be part of their lives in a different way. She's just mm. there for them in an emotional way. Whereas I find that very uncomfortable. You know, but once again, I can do that and I have offered that service to them and be part of their life in that way, but it's not something I welcome. Right. Yeah, without generalising, I wonder if that is a bit of a male thing to be there and, a as a practical level. level rather because it's, it's I would easier. Say my partner is very much that he's mr well, he's, he's very impractical to be honest he couldn't change a light bulb but um but he's there for the kids in a way that right okay can i help to fix this generally yeah whereas it's transactional it's, and it's yeah it's clean for those of us who sometimes find emotional issues a little bit like a kind of a swamp that we don't want to wade into because we are going to drown in it it's a clean way of entering someone's life and being part and showing that you care, but also it has the benefit of, okay, well, we did that. So this exchange is over now. So now we don't need to speak any longer. <laughs> I get it? that. I really understand yeah. that. And now, How To Be 60 presents The Big 6-0 Bingo. Um, listen to you, a quick game of bingo, Jonathan. I, I know you've had a hassly morning, but a quick game of bingo. No, no, it wasn't a hassly morning. It was a fine morning and it continues to be a fine day and therefore everything's good. Oh, I've so got positive. big admiration for you. I, my answer would have been, Christ, did you not have a, a measuring tape? I told you to measure it. I would just be so frustrated, probably frustrated that I wasn't in the same building as them to be able to sort it out for them. I think that's But that's what it is. It's coming from a place of concern there, really. And I've learned as well to say things after the event like, why didn't you and why didn't you think to do mm. this and how on earth? Yes, that's that's ultimately completely useless for I all know. of you. And all that does is make them feel like, why are you such a dick? You're so <laughs> Jonathan, I have team. elevated you to the very oh height of, God, of, of the male tree because, Please and again, Please I'm generalising, but it is so often, and it is a blokey thing, I'm sorry blokes out there, that, I don't know, you lose your keys or whatever, and Ian will do this to me, he'll say, don't. well, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you put them in that drawer? Why didn't you? And you feel like, well, no. what's the point of you saying this to me now? The keys are lost. We need to find them. Don't. But, but I've got the to last say, place you in, had them? Mm -hmm. The truth is, though, that's what's going on in my head. What's going <laughs> on in my right. head is, what, how, but, but oh, I've learned to not just let it get out straight away and then think, okay, that's not going to help in any way. Okay, that's not. And, and I spent years being probably not a great partner to Jane, but because I would always say, why the fuck did you go out with that? How can you be driving <laughs> so nearly on empty and not fill up the tank? You know, <laughs> but it's like, why am I even bothering saying this? Because it's actually, I'm just, really, I'm frustrated because I care. That's why yeah. I'm frustrated because I don't want you to be in that position. So rather than share that frustration with you and just make the situation what was you, why don't I just say, you know what, it happens to all of us. Let me help. I'm gonna, I'll go and fill up the tank, or I'll go and get some petrol. And then when I'm out, I can be secretly going, how the fuck could she be so stupid as to leave the house with the? But it's much better for all of us that we don't have to. We don't have to air every inner impulse and thought with each other. Right, as long as we don't, do as long it doesn't fester inside of you. As long as you can deal with it and process it and move on yourself then I think it's sometimes wise not to share everything. 
Well, I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're human, but my God, your, your restraint is, is mm. admirable. I have, um, I have twisted the first ball, or I've got the first ball in our bingo. Um, so I've got a series of questions here, Jonathan. So randomly, I've got ball number five, which is, and actually, I know your answer to this before we even start, Jonathan. The question is, are there clothes that you will no longer wear? The clothes that I can no longer wear due to the tightness of the waistband. However, there are no clothes and there's no item of clothing I would not wear any longer. And in fact, I still continue to buy vintage clothing, which even at the time would have considered perhaps a little bit too wild for most people, but I enjoy them. I've got a pair of platform shoes I bought from a drag queen site recently for myself, which I haven't yet tried on, really because they were in the sale and I thought, you know what, they might not come up again. <laughs> so they're on a shelf on display, but they're knee-high platform boots of a bright blue uh, sort of like leather with yellow sunbeams and stars and rainbows on. And who knows, one day they may go out walking with me, otherwise they'll stay there on display. But so the answer is, a short answer is no, a long answer is wait till you see these boots. <laughs> I mean, well, you're known for your flamboyant dress sense. What do you get out of that? I think, um, you know, I don't really know, I don't understand myself well enough to know why, because I, I can put on clothes that I know when I go out, people go, oh my God, you look great. It's a great suit. You look lovely. And I can put on clothes and I'll go out and people will sort of like not meet my gaze. So I know it's having the opposite yeah. effect. And, but in my head, the compliment doesn't mean anything, but nor does the sense of revulsion that I'm creating in the matter to me either. You know, it's like, it's almost like I dress to keep myself from being bored as much as anything. Mm. You know, it's like I, 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 I see clothes almost as a sort of a distraction and as a toy and as a pastime. And so I like having old things and I like having things which I consider beautiful or interesting. And sometimes I'll put them on my head. <laughs> yeah, that is really interesting from a male-female point of view, isn't it? Because I would say, not all, of course, but a lot of women, and I would put myself in that camp, what you wear, you're super conscious of what other people will think of you. And so there are lots of clothes that I would no longer wear because I will think I am too old for that. You know, it's too short, it's too low, it's too this, it's too that. Even though you would feel good in it? Or well, would probably, that stop you feeling good, feel good in it because you were thinking about what people were Because I would think I was mutton right. and the people are going to be thinking I'm mutton. Whereas but isn't that the weird thing? So before you even go out, you're imagining the response and you are adjusting your behaviour based on an imagined response. No, based on I, Kay's, on how Kay would, what Kay would think of people wearing the same clothes of her own age. Yeah. So she's judging but, people yeah. by her own standards. But that's the weird thing, you see, is like, so if it, if it is down to that, then stop being so judgmental, Kate, please. I, Relax I a little. I know, you're Enjoy right. that short skirt. Yeah, but, but I mean, you... I like seeing, look, purely as a man, I like seeing women in tight clothes, no matter what size or shape they are. But I also like seeing them in loose clothes. What, what, really, what really it comes down to is I like the person if they seem to be nice and are fun to be with at the time. You know, so it's like I'm not looking and saying, wow, you look sexy. Because if someone looks sexy but looks unhappy mm. or they're wearing a conventionally sexy outfit and seem a bit kind of like mean, you're not going to like them. Mm -hmm. I would it's like them if they were wearing a tent but were smiling and seemed happy and like seemed pleased to see me. But I wouldn't, you know, be sort of like happy to be with someone no matter how kind of conventionally desirable they might be physically and no matter how much they were showing off of that, if indeed they were, you know, a, an unpleasant person. Uh, and I think as we get older, I think you feel, you know, the the people I want to spend time with is the people who are fun to hang out with. And I don't care what they're wearing or how they've done their hair, you know, uh, and, and how much about, makeup they've got on or not. 
What about their age, whether you judge on age? I, I don't, there's this, um, I listened to this thing on Radio 4 years ago. It stuck with me forever. Um, so it was a it was a, a guys' programme and they were talking about guys' things. I suppose at the locker room. It's a long time ago. It was oh, a really right. good programme. I think it was Tom Robinson who, mm-hmm. who I really liked. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this guy who was in his 60s, his late 60s, was saying quite honestly, um, he said... He woke up one morning and he turned around in that half sleep and he saw his wife, who was a similar age, he saw her grey head on the pillow. Mm. And his immediate instinct was, Jesus Christ, I'm in bed with an old woman. Now, it was actually his wife and they were the same age, but he just, something primal must have come up in the half gloom. Well, well he, he was he was in bed with an old woman, you know, uh, but she was in bed with an old man, as you've correctly <laughs> pointed out. You know, yeah. and it's, that, it's that weird thing. But it doesn't mean, look, just because we're old doesn't mean that something doesn't click in your brain and you suddenly find different things attractive. Like I think we all, or most of us consider when you look at younger people, younger people look better more often than not to be young is a gift, you know? And it's like younger men look better. Younger women look better. That's the way it goes. Unfortunately, that's the hand we're dealt. And I don't think there's much you can do in your head about it. But what you can do is not look at everyone and just judge them on that. And, when I look at my wife, of course, she's not the same woman that she was when I was with her 33 years. If she was, that would be alarming, <laughs> you know. Um, and so what I do is I make sure that I'm aware of I still find the things I find attractive better. And some of them are surfacings. It's not just all that's inside. But, you know, she still looks young. She's younger than me anyway. She still has nice hair. She still has a really pretty face. You know, I like the curves of her body. They're bigger than they were before, but I like the shape of her body and the feel of her body next to me. It's comforting and it's sexy and it's and it's safe because we love each other. So I don't sit there and look at pictures of her when she was first with me and compare her now to that because that's, once again, it's a losing game in the same way that I would hope she doesn't look at me now and I look okay for my age. I don't look as good as I looked when I was 27. You know, yeah. of course I don't because I'm 61. Kate, what you could do is hang around with 80-year-olds <laughs> and then you would look young. Yeah. And feel young. Kate, you know, it depends on the 80-year-old because a lot of 80-year-old men are still looking at 18-year-olds and think they have a chance. Oh, doesn't that not What is point? that about, Jonathan? Arrogance. I think it's, uh, well, it's a weird kind of, uh, I don't think it's even arrogance. I think they genuinely don't, they're so, they're so lacking in self-awareness. <laughs> Yeah. And they're so full of the kind of privilege of being a man from that generation in which, in which they were never told to shut up and they were never talked over and they were never made to realise that you're judging people on different standards to which you would judge yourself, that it doesn't even enter their head. Hmm. Unbelievable, isn't it? And also on, on dating apps, so many men lie about their age. So it's funny, it's not just... UK is oh, concerned they? about your age. Oh my God. Yeah, so if I'm ever do. in the dating game as well uh, again and I get a 37 year old, he'll turn out to be 73 and that'll serve me right. One last bingo ball and then we're off skate. Oh, two came out, but I'm just going to take the first one, which is number 19. Let me see. I'm not making this up, I promise you. <laughs> God, what is it? This is a terrible question. Nadia Sawala insisted that I put this into my bingo and I've no idea why. I said, have you got any suggestions for questions for the Big Six or bingo? And this one is, do you get heartburn? Do I get I heartburn? Yeah, I don't know Heart- why she said that. Heartburn. Do you get heartburn? Right. Does that come with age? Not, weird. not really. No. I mean, there's not. No, no. Why are you doing another question, Kate? Throw that one out. That's I yeah, that Can I just say, Jonathan, one, I came up with some really good questions and Kate dismissed them out I of time. Did, well, let's have one of Karen's. Kate, let's have one of Karen's questions. This is still vaguely a democracy. Well, but she won't remember them. That's a problem. Do you remember one? You they can see, have one if you like. That well, is, you are, the one that, that I do remember, and it, 
And then I don't, and now this is probably being sexist now, because I don't know if it would relate to you, because I was thinking of it with a female guest, is that, you know when, if you're 20 and you're 30, whatever it was, and you're walking past a building site and uh, workmen whistle at you and you go, you know, you say something, you think, and you go on. When you're 60 and somebody whistles, do you think... Ooh, is that me? Or you're too frightened to turn around, actually, because probably is a young person behind you. So does it still annoy you when somebody whistles to you if you're kind of in your 60s? I know well, that's not I an mean, easy question. Well, I, I can tell you a story which is relevant to that in a different sort of way. But no, I mean, I mean, I think these days it's very much frowned upon that anyone shows that kind of sign in public. So I think most young women I know, I think they find that kind of it's not like intrusive and unwelcome anyway. And maybe you mm-hmm. did when you were young as well, I don't know. And it might be that as we're older, we might welcome that kind of like, just to be uh, to be praised in some way for our parents. But I was out a while ago, I had to drop my other daughter at a doctor's appointment and it was in town. So I said, well, I tell you what, I'll wait in the car for you. I can't find parking, but I'll sit in the car. If I'm not here, call me and I'll come back around to you. And while I'm waiting, I saw a very beautiful young girl walking across the road. And so I looked at her and I thought, wow, what a gorgeous young woman. And she looked over and she saw me looking and she sort of smiled at me. And I thought, I've still got it. This is, you know, wow. So I, I sat there, so I smiled back and I thought, okay. And then she walked over to the car and I thought, man, I must be looking good today. And she came over and she went, and I went, hi, hi. And she, she went, and then I thought well, maybe she recognized the TV, but no, she looked at me and she went and she went, you used to go out with my mum. <laughs> and I thought, oh, oh no. my God. And I, and I remember Fantastic. when I was dating this woman back in the early 80s, she had a young daughter. She was a single mum and she had a young daughter oh who was asleep God. in the other room while we were banging. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just. <laughs> and so that was an amazing reality check for me Fantastic. to think, oh no, those days are long gone. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, Jonathan, we've gone out with a bang. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Thank lovely you, to meet you so much. Nice so lovely to meet you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I, I enjoyed that. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave because you're saying nice things about me. No, oh, right, we yes. are. We are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In terms of talking about, you know, sex and a... Uh, men in their kind of 20s and 30s 40s 50s whatever 80s i remember um this woman telling me that now i don't know if i can actually explain this on the radio but if you hold your hand out right and you um you what you say you hold your fingers apart you know yeah, like you're, like you're stretching splayed. them apart yeah, yeah. so uh, starting with your pinky a man in their 20s, that's their erection, 20. And then your wedding finger, your middle, your second finger, that's in their um, 30s, I think. And then their 40s, 50s, and then their 60s. Who's the thumb? <laughs> <It's> the thumb. <laughs> well, that ain't an erection, is it? That's a droop. That's it. Mm. I think we need to talk about, you know, 60 plus erections. But, but maybe not. I think we might need a man for that. Well, well no, actually, maybe well, not. Well, maybe we don't, no. actually. Maybe we just need Dr. Pam's oh, plan. Yes, yes. Because it is a... Oh, should we leave this for another podcast? Because yeah. we've kind of run out of time. But but oh, let no. me write that down. I'm just going to write down erections. <laughs> then you will see that when you go home. Yeah. Be all excited. I think it is a really interesting subject as you get older. Yeah. Yes, because as a woman, do you really... Um, do you always think it's going to be like somebody in their 30s? 
Well, yeah, no, I think... Anyway, anyway we'll leave it. Let's Sorry. leave it. Let's yes. leave it. It's definitely, let's come back to <laughs> erections, not to self. What shall we talk about in future podcasts? This is just to guarantee an audience. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, what a shame that, that Jonathan's gone, because I'm sure he'd love to have spoken about erections, Do wouldn't he? Do you think so? Oh, he would, he would. But you know what? Isn't it so nice to get a little... Um, insight into someone's kind of domestic life and the way that they arrange themselves within their family dynamic because he, he's a blinking gem. Yeah, yeah, it's it's isn't he? Thought about things. It's it's nice. It was and really he's nice. been married for thirty. 33 years, 30 I think years. he said, yeah. I think his wife was in her late teens when they, um, ten years when they married, but they have been there for a long time, got a very solid relationship. It's lovely. Right, we must go. Um, thank you very much uh, for all of those of you who have stuck with us. <laughs> um, uh, and by the way, I would like to thank you on behalf of Karen for boosting her Instagram following. I know. Because it's... you have doubled your I number know. of Instagram followers, haven't you? I don't know. I know. <laughs> Are you excited? Well, it's you wonder why people follow. No, it's gone from three to six. It's absolutely incredible. 100% well doubles. <laughs> uh, do get in touch with us, folks. Uh, the podcast uh, email is podcast at htb60.com, howtobe60.com. Um, and uh, join us next time to talk erections. <laughs> Keep it up. How To Be 60 was written and presented by Kay Adams with Karen McKenzie. A new episode drops every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And while you're there, rate and review. Thank you.